Welcome back to another episode of Defeating the Purpose. I'm here with uh, the usual usual crew, Eddie and Steve. Um, how are we doing, guys? Every, everything's good? Yo, everything's excellent right now. Really? Uh, yeah, for us for us individually, I think uh, it, it's can't be better. Good. How do you guys, uh, how are you guys liking, uh, well, I'm going to start off with uh, NBA playoff basketball, the bubble basketball. How do you guys... How do you guys feel about that? <laughs> it's um, <laughs> uh, it's it was definitely uh really weird uh at first. I was like, what the hell? And I swear to God, there was a game where they still didn't have people in the seats in the background. And I was looking oh, yeah. at, it. did you mm-hmm. see? That? I was like, how the hell is how how can they not have a full looking crowd? Like they're they're beaming them in, vid- you know, through video, and they still have empty seats in the crowd like but whatever um i would say it was at first i was like like it was too (laughs) it was like um it was like i was watching like uh like like the all-star game or something i don't know how to explain it but you know how the all-star game has like a vibe of like it's basketball but like also at the same time not real basketball you Mm -hmm. know so I kind of got that vibe at first, and then eventually maybe I just got used to seeing what it looked like, and then just started believing it was basketball. But it's still weird. It's it's still weird. No, no, I saw it as a cross between Final Four basketball and um, like the tournament and uh, AAU basketball. Because if you ever watch like an AAU basketball game, it seems like the people don't you know, it's kind of like they're clowning around half the time. Like, it's not like a very serious thing. Half the time those places are, are empty unless some, somebody's son is playing. Um, so that, that's, that's the way I saw it. I was very happy that basketball came back. It was the first sport that came back. So I was very happy about it when it came back, but I, I, I'm going to premise this entire podcast by saying that I don't think this is real basketball. I think I've told probably both of you guys this, my, my, my vibe is that this is not NBA basketball. You're taking away the element of the home court advantage and the crowd and the traveling, um, you're putting them on a neutral site, which has never happened. I know it's unprecedented times, but this is not NBA basketball to me. So the entire time I was saying that this this championship probably is going to have an asterisk next to it, regardless of who wins. And this is before anybody was eliminated. I was thinking, yeah, I mean, you know, if the if the Nuggets win this thing, like, okay, you won the bubble. Like, let's get back to real basketball next year. You know? Yeah, I would agree to a certain extent. I think it. it the, you know the emotional side of basketball or of any sport really is is a big part of it and that's it's gone. gone yeah it's gone for sure i was just gonna ask if there were any series that you guys think were like swayed because not swayed but um any series that might have the outcome changed because of the bubble quote unquote effect uh, yeah every single heat <laughs> every game. <scene. laughs> I mean, le- legitimately every single heat game uh the nuggets i don't think would have made it that far i don't think that they would have beat the clippers uh i think mostly the young teams uh, i think that home court advantage and home field advantage is the most important thing in sports playoffs and uh with, with without that 
everybody on a neutral site, it takes away that. I mean, you see rookies and stuff and, and young teams, they don't, they don't, I don't know, they, they don't do well in the, in the playoffs because of that. So, and, and I'll go, I'll go first with the Lakers um, because they're my team. Uh, I, I think that they showed dominance against their opponents in the playoffs. Um, each round, they kind of, they kind of proved what they were the first round when they played the Blazers, um, you know, that, that's a good young team, but really it's only Dame Lillard and, and, and CJ McCullough. Um, but, but, you know, but, they, but they beat them in, in five second round Houston, you know, that, that team, I'm no fan of that team. Uh, Russ and, and, and Harden are kind of annoying to me, but, um, and, and they, they, they fell flat too. Maybe the bubble affected Houston, I don't see how, but I just think that that team was overrated to begin with. Uh, and and then the third round, they, they they played the Nuggets, which was their toughest matchup. I thought, I thought they were going to give them a little bit more of a hard time than they did, but um, I don't know. I, I I don't see that this bubble has affected the Lakers negatively, um, but I don't think they get a boost from it either. I think that other teams, younger teams like the Nuggets or uh, or the Heat. They get a boost from uh from the bubble. It, 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 it you know the, the the not not playing in front of a home home court, uh, not having to travel, not having those nerves on the big stage, uh, in front of all those people, um, you know I think it helps younger players, and I I don't think it really does much. I mean maybe for rest, um, you know they can kind of play the game, then go back to their hotel room. Maybe maybe rest for the older guys like LeBron, but I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we talk about the heat. All right. So Steve talked about the Lakers. Let's talk about the heat. What do you think? How do you feel about their matchups? How did you feel about the games they played, how they played? Do you think that they, they played well enough? Did they deserve it to, to, to play against the Lakers in the finals? What, what do you think? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, did they deserve it? Of course they deserved it. I mean, they played the games just like anybody else. So, uh, yeah, they deserved it because again, they played the, the teams in the same conditions that everybody else played. And I mean, did they benefit more from it? Possibly that that's that could be said for that. But they still got to play the game, just like the other team has to play the game. So, do they deserve it? Of course, they deserved it. I, I feel like that that they did. Um, but I will say, I wasn't sure about the Indiana series because. Um, even going back to last year and even this year, Indiana always kind of played us close. Obviously, we had similar records being four and five seeds. Um, but I knew, I was like, if we can get past Indiana, I I, I, I don't want to say that I knew we would beat the Bucks, but I knew of all the teams that we were going to play, like potentially play on the road uh, or on the path to get to the finals between the Pacers, Bucks, or Toronto, Boston – I felt like the most confident against the Bucks. I know that sounds crazy, but that's only because um, we've had a lot of success against them in the regular season and, and shutting Giannis down. Some of his worst games of the year came against the Heat. For whatever reason, I don't know why. I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you why or if it was just maybe off nights coincidentally, but that's just how I felt at the time. So I wasn't too surprised. Well, I was surprised that they went, were up 3-0 and how they played and how well they played against them. But I wasn't surprised necessarily that they won the series. I was more surprised on how they won it. Um, and then between Boston and Toronto, I was kind of hoping for Toronto because I, I did not think we were going to beat Boston at all. And a lot of those games could have gone either way with a call here or there. So 
we squeaked by, I guess, you know, it's like they say, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. So I'll take it. Um, yeah, I, I thought the heat were going to get swept by Indiana. And then when they beat them, I thought the heat were going to be swept by Milwaukee and then they beat them. And I thought the heat were going to be swept by Boston. I just looked at the rosters and I thought that the heat don't match up and some, and somehow they won. And not only that, I mean, you got to give them credit, even though I hate them. Um, you got to give them credit in that they lost as many games as the Lakers did. Like they, you know, it's not like right, they, yeah. they went to game sevens and they squeaked it out. I mean, yeah, like you said, there were bad calls in that Boston game in particular, but I, they still they still won commandingly each one of their series. So I guess they deserve to be there. I I I just can't figure them out. You know, I watched basketball for a long time, and I can kind of see why teams are just good. Even even Milwaukee, you can see this. Giannis is carrying them basically. I don't care how many All Star games Chris Middleton makes; he's not an All Star. He, he no. so I, you can see Giannis just wills that team to win, and, and he's just that good. You know, I, I could I could see why. Certain teams are good and certain are not. I, I can't figure. I just can't figure out the heat. I don't know what it is. I, I don't think in Jimmy Jimmy Butler messed around and got like ten or eleven points one game. And they still beat Boston by like ten. Like I'm like wh- like how how is this happening? Like I know Goran Dragic to me is the only one that has consistently been an, a go to offensive guy. And I'm not saying that he's the best one on the court, but he consistently is the guy to make a play, to get a bucket. Tyler Hero has these crazy games where he scores record numbers. Bam has great games, but then they shrink. Goran doesn't really do that. Goran is a consistent 15, 20, 25 point player almost every game. That's the only thing that I can look at and say maybe he's the stability there. I think it's a good mix of old and young. I think it's well coached. I I, I just don't. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see how I don't see how they've beaten teams unless unless the other teams are just that affected by the bubble and the heat aren't, I don't see how they beat teams with real all-stars. I don't see how they beat Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Cause those two, t- those two players are better than every player on the heat, including Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I don't see how they beat Giannis. Giannis you is better. You can even throw Marcus Smart in there. Marcus Smart's a legit player. I, I just, I don't, I, I can't put my finger on him. And so when I, when I look at it and we're, we're going to get into the, uh, to our predictions here soon, but I, I, I'm worried because I, I thought, that they would be blown out in every game that they played every single time they played and they've won more than they lost. I, I don't, I have no idea how. And so the only thing I can rely on is that look, um, Jason Tatum brought them to six games. Um, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown basically alone brought them to six games. They're not even on the level of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I, I, I think, yep. I think, I think that, I think that they're in over their head on this, but I mean, are you going to be surprised? Are you going to be surprised if the heat win this COVID trophy? Like not really. They've already taken out these, they, they're the, they're the giant slayer. They've taken, they've taken out Milwaukee. They took out Boston. Those were two of the top four teams. The only other teams that were on the West that were considered better was the Clippers and the Lakers and the Clippers are gone. So you know, I don't know. I mean, the the heat the heat kind of live and die by the three. They 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 chuck up a ton of threes. They they've totally bought into that that math and you know shot percentage. And I think um, that and that's gonna you know they can steal a game from it. And that's how they can also erase leads pretty quickly if they get hot. You know, heroes one. Duncan Robinson can shoot. Pretty much everybody on the floor besides Bam and uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, can shoot it. Can shoot the three. Like they all, not maybe some are better than others, but but that's what keeps them in games, and that's how they're able to beat game, beat some of these teams because they, you know, they're making threes while everybody else is 
shooting twos and missing a layup or, or shooting a bad two or whatever. Even though Boston is pretty much built very similar to Miami, they just have better players. So I don't know how, besides saying, well, we scored more points in them, I don't really know how we won that series either. And I watched those games. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I didn't know what, <laughs> what happened in game five with Boston when, when Tatum went off and had, like, 20 points in the quarter and they won by like 30. That's what I thought the series was going to be, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be that. I was like, they're, they're built very similar to Miami in the sense where everybody can shoot threes. They move the ball well, except nobody has a step back three like Jason Tatum has. And nobody is as athletic as him. I th- he's a, an amazing player, first of all. I think he's great. Oh, yeah. I, I think I would take him over Giannis right now, only because Giannis needs to add some things to his game to make him unstoppable. But he's such a great player and that I thought he was going to be the difference. And I mean, I guess he was in a sense cause he did kind of shrink in the first half a lot of times, but, uh, but when he broke out in that game, like I thought that was going to be the boss and I was going to see. And it just wasn't, I, I don't know why it just wasn't. It what was also weird about that Boston game for me is that I like, um, Brad Stevens is a damn good coach. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought that he would figure out a way to adjust to see whatever Miami's doing to counter that and, and win that chess pl- match. And he, he just didn't, I, I don't know if it was coaching. I just think, I, I just think that the, to me, it seems like the heat are a very, very well balanced team. They do everything pretty good. They don't do anything bad. They have good transition defense, good shooting. Like you said, they, 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 they have a good, they good, good rebounds with bam. They, they, they pass the ball. Well, they space the floor. Well, I, I just I, I guess they're just they're just solid everywhere and and um I, I don't know I, I just felt like like Brad Stevens could figure out a way to exploit somebody on that damn team and figure it out but and what's weird is Boston is the exact same thing that everything you just said about the Heat Boston is the same they're solid everywhere but they just have better players like all around better players so I was I, I listen we're I, as a Heat fan I'm totally playing with house money and. I, I think after after the first two games, I, t- I think I talked to Matt about it, but I, my observation was I think the Heat are going to win this series because of Bam Adebayo alone because their center, Thice, or whatever his, his oh, name yeah. is, Thice, he's trash. And he, 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 he can't average more than 10 points a game, and he's the biggest guy on the court. Like, to me, put back points. I, I, I went down to the Salvation Army and played basketball and got 10 points in a game. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, Tice can't get 10 points in a game from, with, with all those offensive rebounds and misses? Like, come on, man. And I think he – like, Bam Adebayo just did whatever the hell he wanted on him. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I, I just I, – I, that was that was the mismatch for me that I don't think that Boston had any answer for. And I think that that's probably the catalyst of why they lost. That's the way I explain it at least because that's the glaring mismatch that those teams had for me. Well, and going back to uh, Lakers, uh, Lakers Heat is um, – I think it was game – uh, six and Tyler Hero got pickpocketed like three times in that game mm-hmm. by uh, Marcus Smart, I think, mm-hmm. and, J- and Jalen Brown, or one of them did it like three times. So, like, can you imagine LeBron James on Tyler Hero bringing up the ball? You know what I mean? Like, it is not going to be good for Hero. Like, he he can't bring up the ball. Because- or Rondo. Did or- you see Rondo, oh, Rondo yeah. getting all those steals? Oh, yeah. Rondo. I forgot. I didn't forgot about Rondo. Yeah, he's got just as quick hands. I don't know if he's – I think the reason why – um. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, I think they're, why they're able to pick his pockets because those dudes got freaking pterodactyl arms. Yeah, he's bigger. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know if Rondo has the wingspan. I know he's – yeah, I don't know. I just don't know what he's got. So he could be 
I know he's a great defensive player. He gets a lot of steals. So, I mean, he, he could do it too. But that was an obvious, like, hole in Hero's game that is going to be exploited for sure if they're going to have him bring up the ball. Like, you can see, he, he that's something he's going to learn. He's young. But I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, man, that's <laughs> that's embarrassing to get it done just once, but, like, three times in a playoff game. It was yeah, bad. but he's, he's a rookie. What do you think, Matt? Um, I – if they play, I know that they've they've won the same amount of games as the Heat. I mean, uh, the the Lakers. If they play the way they're playing, um, the, all right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This series gets played a hundred times. How many times does each team win? What's the record if they if this series gets played out? What do you mean? hundred times. What do you mean? This like, te- like if they play a seven game series a hundred times over. Right. How many times do the Lakers win, and how many times does the Heat win? Uh, I would say 30, 70. To Lakers. Yeah, to Lakers, yeah Lakers, Lakers 70. What would you say, Steve? No, you go. It's my question. You <laughs> <laughs> I would say – I mean, no injuries or anything, right? You're talking yeah, about yeah, just – no injuries, you know, pure player nine, in the bubble. Nine, 90, uh, 95. Really? Five. Lakers. Yeah. I would say 85 to 88 <laughs> Lakers. Yeah, pretty high percentage. Um, yeah, I would say. All right. So uh, before we do our predictions, I'm going to state my case to you guys as to why I don't think the Heat uh, can win this series. I'm going to do, do it with some music. So uh, I want you guys to listen, all right? All right. <clears throat> Number five. They start a man named Duncan. That's right, the cool, sleek, awesome Miami Heat roll out one of the goofiest-looking shooting guards in the history of the NBA. Not only is he a shooting guard, but he also works part-time at the Best Buy Geek Squad, so he can fix your computer. (laughs) Despite his nerdy appearance, this Miami 4 was actually a Michigan 10 in college. Oh, and did I mention his name was Duncan? (laughs) Number 4. Udonis Haslam is still on the team. Udonis Haslam was born in 1932, is entering his 78th season in the league. He's both an NBA veteran and a Vietnam veteran. He's suited up every game despite the fact that he hasn't made a basket since 2012. Number three. Myers Leonard. If you don't recognize the name, I can guarantee you you recognize his dumb face. Frosted tip bench player is making up for the lack of cheerleaders in the bubble. He leads the league in claps, averaging 250 per game. He also hasn't made a basket since 2012. Number two. There's no Pat Riley this time. I know what you're thinking. You've seen him there. You see him at the at the games, the mask on. That's not Pat Riley. That's Pat Riley's body. My sources tell me that Pat Riley died five years ago in the Heat ownership wheel his corpse out a la Weekend at Bernie style to inspire the troops. Oh, no. Number one. They don't have Alex Caruso. This balding eagle is by far the best player in the series. <laughs> he feels so bad about the careers he's ruined with his greatness that he wears Black Lives Matter on his jersey to remind his opponents they do matter. He's never missed a shot in his NBA career and is currently dating Tyler Hero's mom. The Heat have absolutely no chance of ever beating this guy, regardless if anybody else is on the court. And those are the reasons why the Miami Heat will lose this series. Bro, you should have, number one, you should have just, would have, should have been, uh, um, still on the team. That's it. Boom. Number one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, before I forget, uh, every time I see a Laker game, I always forget you have one random white guy who wears a headband. Like, who is that guy? Caruso? That's Caruso? (laughs) Yeah, with the bald head? Uh, That guy, 
Dude, no, he's, he's the, the goat, goat bro. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he reminds me of that dude. Oh man, every time he comes out there, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Is this like, like, like um, someone's like, like nephew or like make a wish? Like, what are the Lakers doing? I guarantee you, in this series, you're going to see Caruso throw at least five or six lobs on LeBron James. Like, he gets what LeBron James is doing. He he's right there with him. LeBron James loves that guy. He's a decent shot. He's a good ball handler. He's a great defender for guards. So he he gets he gets playing time, man. Like, dude, that dude, that dude, seven man or eight man rotation. He's there. He's top. Yeah. He comes to Rondo when he goes down. It's weird. Like, I mean, I, I, whenever he checks in, I'm like, whoa, who's this guy? <laughs> like, who's this joker? He's just so weird looking on the Lakers, on that team specifically, because everyone's such a giant, and then you just have this kid running around. It's like Justin Bieber made the team or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. All right, so we're going to get into predictions right now. Um, I'm going to let Eddie go first. Who do you think, between the Miami Heat – and the Los Angeles Lakers, who do you think will take the title? How many games? What, what's, what's the series going to be? I think the Lakers will sweep. And I think that each game will be won by over 10 points. And if it's not, I will be extremely disappointed in this team. <laughs> I, like I, I told you before, I thought the exact same thing about every single time the Heat played. Maybe not Indiana because I wasn't sold on Indiana. But I, I just think based on the... The talent, what we've talked about based on LeBron, based on, you know, this is another thing that you we haven't really talked about, but LeBron, you can see in his face when he when he just click, when he turns it on and you yeah. when he turns it on, he says, oh, we're, we're winning this game. He he wills that team to win. He gets in people's faces. He said, make your damn shots. Uh, I think that he's going to want this even more. I think he wants to rub it in Pat Riley's face. I think he wants to rub it in Eric Spolstra's face. I, I think that he respects them, but at the same time, he there's a little bit of him that, that I mean, he got over it in Cleveland, but I think a little bit of him is just like, I, I, people think I only won those championships because of you guys. And I want to, I want to prove that I can beat you guys. And so I think it's not a hard task for him to do, but I think he's going to lock in. I think Andy Davis, like I said, is unguardable in this match. I don't think Bam Adebayo is way out of his league. I don't think Bam Adebayo scores more than 20 points in any game with Andy Davis guarding him or Dwight Howard guarding him. So I think Lakers in four. Lakers in four. What about you, Steve? You got to give the heat one game, right? Well, this is what I'm gonna say. If if it's a if the, if it's a close game, then the the Heat can squeeze out a close game. But if the Lakers are up by ten and twelve going into the fourth or something, like they're they're not. I don't think they can put a twenty-one to three run against the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that's gonna happen. So could they squeak out a close game? Okay, maybe I think they can. I'm gonna give them a game <laughs> just for to save some face because uh, I can't say Lakers will sweep them. So I'm gonna say four one, possibly four two, if if some something weird happens with fouls one night and eighty fouls out or something. I don't know, but I would say I'll I'll go ahead and say Lakers in six. I'll go ahead and say it. Um, and uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something else. Oh, but the thing is the the wild card here. And I'm just <laughs> saying that because I'm just a Heat fan. But in reality, I'm scared to death of LeBron James because the one thing that you don't want to do is give him, like, motivation. And he's got this storyline in front of his face now with the Heat where he's just like, oh, really? You guys think you can take me down? <laughs> he's going to bitch slap us so hard. And he's yeah, going to play so hard. Because, I mean – 
okay, I'm the jilted lover. Of course, I think he sucks. And I don't want him to win and whatever. But at the same time, I did watch him for you know four years when he was here, and every time some you know there was some type of storyline like that in his face, like you know that 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 famous Game Six Boston game in Boston, how he just went bananas, and not to mention he goes to Cleveland and beats the Golden State Warriors. You know what I mean? Pretty much yeah. by himself. Like, dude, if that guy gets motivated, like severely motivated, forget it. It's over. And you think he's not going to be motivated to beat Eric – or not really Eric Spolstra. I bet it's more Pat Riley. Uh, you, think he, he, you think he's not going to be motivated to beat Pat Riley? Put it this way. LeBron James is not losing to Pat Riley, period. He'll He's going to do whatever he's got to do. It's not going to happen. So that's the only thing that sucks for me. Is he's going to be so motivated every game, and the thing is, he's not going to want to just win. He's going to want to dominate and slap them down so hard. That's surprising. I I would have never guessed that you. I thought you would have taken heat. I've seen a lot of people online, on the internet or or in NBA or whatever, on Facebook or whatever. They're all saying, you know, Heat fans say Heat and six, Heat and seven, Heat and five. They have confidence that they're. Seeing. I know a lot of people are stupid fans, but I'm surprised. I thought you would have uh, at least. No, because I, like I said, like I mean, it it's, goes to exactly what you're saying. No one's gonna uh, come close to guarding AD. And the thing is, all if Jason Tatum ever develops a post game with his back to the basket, we would lose that series too. But his prop or Giannis too. If either one of those guys hunker down and start developing a post game with their back to the basket, then they would the Heat would not win those series, especially Giannis. But they both have this, you know, they both drive. And Well, if Giannis could just pass, if he could learn to, to drive and kick, that would be great too. But at any rate, uh, but AD's got everything. He's got the post game. He's got the passing. He's got the shooting. He's not guardable. And now you have two guys that aren't guardable, that have the same similar skill set. They're both great defenders. LeBron has a post game too. They're just going to – they. We could the, the Heat could shoot whatever forty percent from three, but the Lakers are going to shoot ninety percent from two. You know they're just going to get layups all day long if they want them. So I, I just the math just doesn't it doesn't work. The Heat would have to shoot like sixty five percent from the three point field to to even to win a game, and I don't see that happening either. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? I think that the only. <laughs> I, I kind of I, I like rooting for the underdog, so I kind of want the Heat to win. So I'm going to say that the Heat are going to win. But I think the only way it's going to happen um, is if LeBron dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they get hurt, if there's an injury. Well, I mean, if I think I think when you do these, all injuries have to be off the table. I mean, obviously. Well, that's if, really the yeah. only way. <laughs> oh, let me ask you a, a real. This is like kind of off top, like a little bonus question for Eddie. Uh, now that you've gotten more or with AD and LeBron, what do you, what are your thoughts on Vogel? Yeah, I was going to mention him. I, you know, I think that he's one of the most underrated uh, people in this entire bubble. I think that he had a lot of shine on him in the beginning. People were just like, can this guy coach? Can this guy handle this? This is a lot of personalities. This is, you know, how's he going to butt heads with LeBron? Is it going to be LeBron's team? Uh, he's handled everything. He's handled every challenge beautifully and to the point where you don't even notice that he's there. Like, I think yeah. that's a good coach. I think a good coach does that. They don't have to put their stamp on it. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen any mistake that he's made. I think he's got the rotation down. I think he's got a rhythm down with LeBron. He's figured out the offense and how to run it. He's figured out the defense. I think he gets the guys prepared. Um, I think LeBron respects him. I think they all respect him. So 
I, I, I'm really, really surprised that Vogel is doing that good of a job. I thought there was, was going to be a little bit of a bumpier road. You saw bumpy roads with Teron Liu. You saw bumpy roads with Spolstra. With, with every single coach, Mike Brown, every single coach that he's had, you've seen those bumpy roads, but he has not had a bumpy road with Frank Vogel. And I think that 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 speaks volumes from him. I didn't know what to expect when we got him. I think that he's, I think that he's a good coach. I think, I, I don't know if he's, if he's bringing, uh, if <laughs> I don't know if he's bringing uh, offensive schemes and defensive schemes. I don't know if he's going to out scheme anybody or anything like that, but I think he does a more a, a capable job of handling these personalities. And I think that, I, I think that he's a good coach. I think he's a good coach for LeBron. What do you think? Uh, I mean, again, I haven't watched a lot of Lakers games, um, but I think I don't think he has to scheme because he's got LeBron and AD out there. You know, I, I think his I think he kind of just I, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I, if I coach LeBron, right, say if I was the head, if I was Vogel, I should say, I, you know, te- I would I would almost have like LeBron as my like head assistant coach. You know what I mean? Like I would yeah. whatever he tells me to do in a way I'd be like, all right, man, like. I don't have what he, he, he's not going to, LeBron has nothing to change in his game at this stage of his career. He's not adding anything. He is what he is. This is it. You know, he's got everything. He's not, has nothing to work on. So there's not, he doesn't, you don't need to spend time with him. You know, you just have to talk to him and be like, you know, what are you seeing out there? Or what's this? What Vogel probably does well is he handles all the other BS. So LeBron can focus and do things. He focuses the, the, the rotations and other things like, LeBron probably told him, listen, I like coming out here. I like going in there. I know my body. I know how I play. I know. And Vogel's probably goes, okay. You know? But you saw, but you saw some of this with, with Spolstra and with, I think, with Teron Lou, where like sometimes, I think with Spolstra in particular, he was like, he wanted LeBron to inbound the ball one time in a playoff game. And LeBron said, I'm not inbounding that ball. There's no way. Somebody else inbound the ball. I'm getting the ball. It was, it was almost like a Spolstra, you don't know what the hell you're doing kind of thing. I think with Teron Lou, uh, there's been plenty of times where Teron Lou called timeout or at least wanted to sub him out, and he said, "I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out." Um, and you know that's LeBron willing his way, but I haven't seen any of that with Vogel. I don't know. Like it just seems like it just seems like probably they have a a good. I think Vogel has a good respect for LeBron, like you said, to the point where he's just like, "Look, you come out when you want. Like I, you know, I'll, I'll work around you." But like that, that doesn't work with coaches like Doc Rivers or other coaches where they're rigid and they're just like, look, you're fitting yeah. a pop of it, I think. You're fitting into my system. I think Vogel has done a really good job of managing LeBron and, and building a system around what he's comfortable so that LeBron just looks – it just looks natural for LeBron. LeBron doesn't ever look at a place Le- – this is LeBron's offense, how he wants to play, and Vogel has coached everybody else to play around that. I don't know if we've seen that in LeBron's career ever. So I, I, I think he's a good coach, but I, he's a good coach in a way that I think with basketball coaches, there's two things. There's you're a good scheme coach. You're good at, you're good at out scheming the other team. You're good at the chess moves with it. And then there's, and I think that's Brad Stevens. And I think yeah, that's I was gonna say, yeah, Brad and, Stevens. And, and maybe, maybe Spolstra to an extent, especially defensively. But, uh, but there's, there's also another side of it where you have to manage personalities and, and, and Phil Jackson was great at that. And Pat Riley was great at that. And, I don't think Spolstra is necessarily great at that. I don't think he can manage multiple personalities. I think that if there's an alpha in the room, Spolstra has a problem with that. He wants to be respected, and they bump heads. Whereas Vogel looks like he's just like, look, this is LeBron's team. I'm not dumb. This is LeBron's team. I'm going to find my place. Whereas Spolstra is like, find my place. I think that was the biggest divide with them. I think it it takes – you know, it takes takes, – the, the puzzle pieces to mesh and sometimes you need one and sometimes you need the other. 
I think Spolstra's a good coach for his team. I think he needs to be in charge of that team. It's young. Jimmy Butler's coachable. I think Vogel's a great coach for LeBron's team. I think the, I think people respect LeBron, and they they work around that. So that, that's my my vibe on it. I don't know. I would I like also him. say, too, um, uh, LeBron is also, uh, you know, mature. He's older. He's won his titles. He's been to, what, this is his 10th finals. You know, when he came to Miami, you know, it, it could have been more of a power play. You know, Spolster's like, listen, I've won titles. You haven't kind of thing. I could see that power play going on. And then eventually they both either grew and grew. I bet it was a great learning experience for both player and coach. I bet Spolster learned a lot by because Spolster hasn't had that big and never will have that big of a superstar to coach ever again. So he's got that experience now. So when he, if he ever does get one or, you know, if Bam grows into a superstar or whatever, you know, like he knows kind of how to handle it now. That was Spolster's first, you know, big superstar coaching Uh or, or first superstar he had to coach. I mean, Dwayne Wade was there, but Dwayne Wade was used to Spolster around. They had a better working relationship than LeBron. LeBron was already a superstar coming in. So I bet, like, if if let's say if LeBron went to like a Miami team with Spolster now, I bet that those type of things wouldn't happen. You know, even with the Tyron yeah. Lewis, you know, I, mean? I don't think they would happen because they they both matured. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. But I think I think that I think that you need I think with coaches you need those two things, and I think that each coach fits fits their team well. I think that if Vogel was coaching Miami, I don't know, I think it would be like like a like a you know, like a like loose. This would be too loosey goosey. I think that if Spolstra was coaching the Lakers, I think that there would be some type of butting heads there. I don't I, I don't know if I've ever seen Spolstra integrate with what the players do more than what he wants to do. So I I think they're good coaches for for their teams. I think they're they're perfectly suited. I think it's going to be a fun match. But I think that the Lakers are going to destroy your team. <laughs> I know. No, I, I, I mean, I wish. I, I mean, and again, and even when it happens, because I'm thoroughly expecting it to happen, I'm not going to be sad about it. You know, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to throw yeah, it. I would, if I was a know? fan, I would be so thrilled that this team made it this far. I'd be proud of them. I'd be like, win or lose, I'm exactly. happy. I'm so ecstatic right now. Even remember, well, that's I, what the thing is. That's what the, we were talking about before. Because for the Lakers, I don't feel that way. I feel I like, know. dude, we should be here. And if we lose this, this is embarrassing. And if yeah. we win this, it's like, okay, finally, we got through that. You yeah. know, like it's Detroit all over again, except Detroit was expected to be there, but still. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll find out now that the the game one is tonight, right? Yeah, thir- half hour. Oh wow, thirty minutes. I guess they're doing this is the real pregame show. Everybody should be watching. Um, nah. But I mean, let's find out. I guess we could do. We'll be back maybe another after this first game and talk about our first game thoughts. Uh, maybe the first two games. We'll see. Real quick, real quick. One last question. I thought of it. Who's Finals MVP? MVP? Oh, that's LeBron. a good question. LeBron. Caruso. Really? <laughs> you don't think uh, you don't think AD will win Finals MVP? No? I think if AD if AD's, if AD averaged more points than LeBron, they'd still give it to LeBron. Uh, so no matter what, no matter what, it's LeBron. So you okay. <laughs> All right. Who do you think? Tyler Hero. <laughs> <laughs> one of the only one of the only players to ever win it on the losing side. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh I mean I would I would think LeBron would get it, but I, I think it's gonna come down to like that whole Dallas series. If Miami would have won that doubt against Dallas, uh Dwayne Wade would have been the finals MVP for sure. So yeah. I think it just depends on how well like if A D impacts the series, like what we're saying, there's no way that they're not gonna give it to him. Because the NBA is also gonna want to pass the torch to a new star. 
Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> so I'm going to say AD. AD is going to be finals MVP. All right. All right, guys. All right, cool. See you. <laughs>